This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better. Welcome back to Life Made Better, the podcast where we interview interesting people that not only inspire us, but so that we can find out how they made their life better and how we can learn from their story and challenges. Today, we're interviewing the amazing Anna Parker Naples. She helps entrepreneurs, experts, and emerging and established leaders stand out in their field by teaching the business visibility strategy to help people get noticed in the online space particularly podcasting, so they can have more impact, influence, and income. She's host of a number one international podcast, Entrepreneurs Get Visible, best-selling author of Amazon's number one book, Get Visible, and How to Have More Impact, Influence, and Income, and Podcasts with Impact, and How to Launch Your Podcast Properly. Multi-award-winning audio expert recognized in Hollywood and the UK's Leading podcast launch expert. Thank you, Anna, for coming. She's also a multi award winning business and mindset coach and National Business Woman of the Year and finalist for the SME's National Entrepreneur of the Year. So we're so happy to have you, Anna. Well, great to be here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Tell us a little bit more about your journey, yourself, and how you've achieved all this, as well as bringing up three children. Um, The story really starts. 10 years ago when I was about as broken as you could possibly be in my third pregnancy I had I suffered massively with SPD symphysis pubis dysfunction and I couldn't walk and they expected that I would never recover and at the time I when I was told that was probably my life prognosis I had a four-year-old who just started school so we had to do the school run every day I had a 19 month old and I was heavily pregnant and Uh, yeah pretty broken I was in bed all the time I barely got up I didn't wash I didn't look after myself I was miserable as sin and I sat at this this New Year's Eve party that my parents and my husband had forced me to go to and I knew that this was not how I was supposed to live my life this was not what I was supposed to be doing and I couldn't stay like that forever I went to get some help and the help I got was a hypnotherapist who was actually a specialist in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. And it was the catalyst that changed everything for my life. And so when you read off that realm of things I've done and accomplished, I've done it all at home, from home, by myself, no contacts. I just changed everything. And to put that in context, I'm now fully, fully, fully recovered. And I have been for seven years. I made some really big decisions about how I was acting, behaving, the things I was saying out loud and about the fact that I felt so resentful that I felt very small. And my decisions at that point were, well, what would happen if I allowed myself to be big? What would happen if I allowed myself instead of saying, oh, you know, I I, I thrived on self-development books. What happens if I actually implemented them instead of just saying something about that makes sense, but I'm going to ignore it. What would happen? What happens if I go full steam ahead and actually do that stuff? And the consequence is that I'm fully recovered and I have this, you know, this ream of accomplishments that even just sound bizarre to me, but I've made them all happen. Oh, and I love that you're using that word that I love, which is allow. 
And, you know, quite frankly, sometimes, even if it sounds small, but it's all it takes. Just allow yourself the possibility. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that everything is going to change overnight. It doesn't mean that you can't go back if that's what you wish. It's just opening the door to that possibility. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such a key word and I'm so happy that you used it. So thank you, Anna. <laughs> it is a key word because I never used to realize how much my own language and thoughts limited me. And actually, there's a part of me now that, yes, I had a condition, a physical condition, but how much of that did I make happen myself by constantly thinking that I was stuck, which is how I used to see myself. I was stuck. I was overlooked. I was rejected. That then carried itself through my body language, what my communication, particularly as a young actor, how I would enter the room and go to auditions and things. And realizing that a lot of the times I felt rejected or overlooked or that I didn't fit in were because I'd carried that energy and that thought into the room with me. So that's the result I got. So that no matter what friendships I built, I'd always be thinking, well, they didn't speak to me at dinner. They were a bit weird with me. I'd always be on the lookout for the bad stuff. And that sense of allowing was deciding, well, what if I filter in the good stuff? What ha- because it's always there. I just was ignoring it. Hmm. And and that's really what has allowed me to create whatever I want to create now. It takes a lot of courage to take those next steps, doesn't it? You know, when you are really stuck and you start reading the self-help development books. But obviously, when you started doing your work with your hypnotherapist, you could probably see for yourself that things were starting to open up and change so what would you say to our listeners who are feeling really stuck, but they can't see things moving quick enough? If they're not moving quick enough, it's, you can feel really impatient. And I think it's about being honest. What are you doing to actually make those changes? What conversations are you having? And a big part of this that I talk about again and again is the language I was using. I was constantly... I'd read all their self-help books, but then at home with my husband, I'd be a misery bag. <laughs> Even though we were happy and we were you know, married and what have you, I would just be miserable. And talking about, oh, it's, it's a shame I can't do anything and I'm sorry I can't do anything because I've had the kids and I, I really wish that I could have done this, this and this. It's a shame I can't bring in more money because I've got the kids. And actually, the more I'm telling that story, the more I'm stuck on that and it's boring. Really look at what you're saying. Really look at who you're having conversations with and what about, because some people, although we love them dearly, bring us down. And I I mean, I'm not entirely sure of exactly what your demographic for this show is, but I know when I was a much younger mum with young children, I wasn't necessarily meeting the right people that fueled me, that brought me up. And what, so lead with it yourself. What conversations are you going to be privy to and which ones aren't? which ones aren't going to serve you. And over time, what I found is that as I looked at what I wanted to be saying, what I wanted to be talking about, I w- and my belief that I could then create whatever I wanted and be whatever I wanted and do what I wanted as a job, searching out those people who were already doing that thing, finding them. You can do it online so easily now. Find those Facebook groups where those conversations of that thing that you want to know about are happening and join the conversation, pull up a chair at that table. That's a really good advice because quite frequently, and we've, we've heard this from many guests in the podcast as well, who you connect with and the people you've got around you 
pretty much define who you yeah. become uh, because what you, what you put out there, you attract. But I'm quite curious on what you said about be mindful of what you said. And I would introduce another layer, which is why you say it. Because you were saying it yourself, you probably when you were on your working uh, head, you were able to step out of that zone and be, yep, I'm going to do this. I'm going to win this. Yet when you were having that conversation with your husband, it was like, I'm sorry I can do this because I've got the kids. And I do wonder how frequently that why intersects in there because that's giving us the excuse to not go in there. So I would flag, be mindful of what you said and why you say yeah. it and be brave to go that layer deeper and truly understand why you're saying that. Absolutely. And for, for me, what that looked like was actually I had two conflicting very strong limiting beliefs. One was that, actually maybe more than two, I don't know how many I'm going to say here, but one was that I was a person that was capable of enormous accomplishment, that I had that sense that I was supposed to be at that point, be seen is actually what I want to say. And I was supposed to speak and use my voice. I had those natural gifts. As a, that's why I went down the performing route. At the same time, I had from my conditioning, this belief that a good mum, and it's really weird because I don't actually think like this, but there was part of me saying, as a good mum, I need to be at home with the children all the time. Now, if I want to be an actor and away from home, that conflicts. And also there's this other story running in the background that as an actor, there was no way I could make money. So when I'm looking at my life of feeling that I want to be more, I want to have more, I feel as though that's supposed to happen. But I also believe on another level that I can't have money by speaking on stages and using my voice. And I can't do it if I want to be a good mother. Therefore, there's a sense of belonging around that. That comes from a family behavior thing. Uh, well, how can I be and do all the things I want to be that come naturally and that I love that bring me joy if I also am going to be compromising my values in terms of having a family and being here? What happened for me in that one conversation, that my very first NLP session, that I didn't even know was NLP at that point, was that he said, well, what, what if you can have it all? What if... You could find ways to use your voice and you could be at home with the children and you could make great money. I'd literally never thought about it that way. It was not even possible. And what was really interesting, he said, well, but what if you could open yourself up to that? And, what, and also, what if the doctor who told you you could never walk again was wrong? So there's all sorts of neural pathways in my head kind of going, oh, what, what, what is this? Because I've built this world where I'm stuck forever and I'm resentful and angry forever. Well, well, actually what he just opened up for me was allowing and possibility. So I went home and I said to my husband, I have to change what I'm doing here. I have to change it. And I'm so unhappy. I'm prepared to do this all in. Will you come with me? And I think he was sick to the back teeth of hearing me whinge. So we, <laughs> we did change very quickly what was being said in the house. And what was interesting is that because I'd opened that window of opportunity, well, if I actually admit to myself, I don't actually want to be on stage at theatres because that isn't going to work for me. What else is there? So instead of saying, well, if I can't be on stage with the RSC, I can do nothing. Well, what else is there? And the answer for me at the time was voice acting and voiceover work. So commercials, radio dramas, audio books, video games. And guess what? 
I could do that internationally from my airing cupboard, which is where I'm now recording for this podcast. And as a result of that, I grew and grew in confidence. I started to recover. I started to notice I could stand for, I could get myself on my feet. Then I could walk a little bit. It was no, by no means overnight. Of course it wasn't. But bit by bit, I saw that the way I was thinking was changing everything. And six years to the date, almost to the date of that, that party that I'd been at and been so low and depressed, I was then on the red carpets for the seventh time in Hollywood winning an award. And that was nuts because I worked from home in my cupboard with my children doing the school run every day. And it was literally at that point that I realized I trained in so much NLP and hypnosis stuff by then for fun because I'd seen the power of it for my own life. That I stood on that red carpet and I just thought, I can't not share this with people. This now feels like the reason I went through all that crap to get to the other side. And that then became what I teach people. So that whole getting visible piece is essentially what I did to get so visible that I got recognized in Hollywood for my work. And I've taken everything I did there and translated it to the coaching business, to launching my book, to being a speaker, because it works. When you understand that stuff, it, it makes sense. And a big part of that is starting with looking at yourself, getting visible to yourself. Stop pretending the stuff that you really want doesn't matter. I think that's really crucial. What I'm really hearing, which is for me is beautiful, is the fact that you found a way but aligned with your values. I think we often, like you were saying, we limit ourselves because we feel that we have these values and these needs, but it's not, it's not possible. And I love always thinking, find a way. There must be a way of doing this where all our values can be met. Because if we don't, and this is what you were saying, we close. We're depressed, we're stuck, we're sad. And we're not, we're not a good mother when we feel like that. No. And we're not, not a good role model at all. No. no. And, and I think that's the thing for me. The reason I turned myself around was because really I couldn't be that parent. I couldn't do that. I couldn't be in that place for the rest of my life. And I strongly believe if I'd not encountered NLP, hypnosis, mindset, whatever, and I'd not gone, been so desperate that I'd thrown myself into fixing myself, I'd still be there. I'd still be disabled. I'd still be resentful. We'd have been divorced within a year. You know, I would have been a terrible, terrible mother. If you ask my children on the right day, or should I say the wrong day, they'd still tell you that I'm pretty rubbish. But <laughs> I know that I've done my best and I've been present in the way that I wanted to be present for my values. What I love hearing there is two things. On the one hand, that you were able to challenge yourself, which obviously being coaches, we know not many people are willing to do it. It's not that you don't have what it takes to get where you want to be. Is that you are not there yet in order to challenge yourself to get there. So I love hearing how you got to a point where you realized that there had to be more and went to that NLP session, which then went on to transform everything. But I'm curious to hear what happened in between those two things for you to go from, I can't take this anymore, to then trying out the NLP? Because I feel that's the step where most of our listeners get hung in. What happened was incredible, insane darkness. It's incredibly hard to talk about. And I, I was heavily pregnant, so I couldn't take any medication and 
I really wasn't looking after myself, but I, I was actually sat at a New Year's Eve party, as I said, my, my family made me go to. And um, it was a friend's engagement party as well, which is why I went. And um, it took us about an hour and a half to get my wheelchair ready to go. And uh, it was so hard. I think I was only there for 30 minutes in the end. And I get to this party and it was fancy dress. And the only reason that I was prepared to go was because I wasn't going to get changed. And I'd been living for weeks in the same jogging bottoms and dirty vest and heavily pregnant because I'd been in bed all the time. It hurt to do anything. And my husband came up with this idea. Okay, it's fancy dress. Why don't we go as Lou and Andy from Little Britain, which is um, a, a horrendous, well, what are they called? Sketch show. And we did. That's what we went as. My husband bizarrely had this ginger wig with a bald head. And we wore that. And we get to this party where already I'm feeling incredibly low. I've literally had the news a week and a half ago to expect never to walk again. And I get to this party and all my friends are looking incredibly sexy as Batwoman and Batgirl, Catwoman. And I'm dressed like this, which was actually how I was dressing every day at the time. And I sat at that party and I just had this kind of experience of this cannot be my life. I cannot do this. And I knew that I just had to keep going until the baby was out. I just literally was in bed all the time. But a fortuitous thing happened in the new year that um, actually wasn't in, it wasn't that it was before baby came because I was still in bed, but baby was there was that someone from my past because I'd been at drama school and at drama school we'd had to record a voiceover demo and on our CD it was all very serious very serious acting someone had found my demo um, from years before and rang me to book me for a job and I said no but my husband my father actually made me go he made me ring them back and say I'm coming even though the physical emotional and mental challenge of that was exceptional and it was that phone call from that person uh, combined with the NLP that just changed everything. Because as a result of that, I realized my voice could be the key to everything. It could be the key to me getting my voice out worldwide, to having success, recognition. And when I stepped into that voiceover world, which started with me learning how to edit, record, plug in a microphone, use a laptop, all of that stuff, while I was in bed unable to wash myself that's where that journey started and it then led to the airing cupboard that I'm sitting in now which looks like a very posh proper studio we converted it into a studio because it was the only tiny room in the house where we could get the wheelchair through the door but I decided that if I was doing that I was no longer going to play at the bottom like I had in my acting career I was going to the top so I always set my sights with how do I meet and how do I belong amongst the most influential people in the, that field in the world? How can I do that? And it might take me forever, but actually it didn't. Within two and a half years, I was, I was working on the best jobs around the world. And that's because everything I did in that business was to be the top, not to scrape around at the bottom. Now, what I'm hearing is that even when the mind and the body goes that spirit that you obviously had deep inside, was still really, really strong. So once you got a taste of, I can do this, you were like, I'm not staying, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this really well. I'm not going to bother. There was definitely that. Not that I wasn't going to bother, but 
why would I continue to play small when in my head I've seen that it's only me that's kept me that way Mm -hmm. instead of it being everybody else's fault. So when I came into the coaching space online, which I never really thought of in those terms, it was really just a matter of, I have to get this message out there. I have to, I knew I wanted to write a book and I knew I wanted to be on stages, but I didn't know what the rest of the business model would look like at all. And when I first launched an online business, it was, it was called Inspiring Mummy Club and it was aimed at mums because I wanted other people in the playground to realize that actually the stuff they're moaning about, they don't have to. Because I was thinking, well, at that point I couldn't feel, although I'd run several businesses, I didn't feel like I could call myself an entrepreneur. I didn't just want to help people in the voice acting industry with their mindset. I knew that I wanted the message to be bigger. And I thought, well, who can I reach? Who was going to get me? And it started with mums. And I'm glad I got started in that way. But that wasn't the right message, actually, for me. And that made me feel a bit of disconnect. And knowing that I always planned to become a bestseller, to become a leader in the mindset space, I suppose, having to then learn the entrepreneurial stuff, I could get visible and I won lots of awards, international awards as well, very early on, but I still hadn't learned how to convert those people into a paying audience because there's two, there's two components. I know very well how to get visible, but you've got to understand what you do with people after you achieve that visibility. And that was the bit that was missing for me. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why my podcast entrepreneurs get visible exists because there's three stages. One is looking at yourself and being honest about how successful you want to be. Cause if you're not honest about it, you can't achieve it. Two is then, well, what are the strategies? What are the things you have to put in place to get that level of visibility? And then afterwards, how do you actually make that a business? How do you do that? Whatever you are an expert in. Even two and a half, three years ago, I couldn't have told you that my life would look now like it does. Just couldn't have told you that was coming. That's amazing. I can hear that there's a big mission there for you as well, which is obviously what's kept driving you. But what resources do you feel that kind of helped you move through that? Was there any big, you know, changes or resources that helped you get to that? A couple of things. So uh, I completed my master NLP practitioner training, which opened me up again and again and again and again. And I had a really deep, powerful, what I would actually describe as an awakening, that this is not just a bit of a job. This is what I'm here to do. And the other thing is joining masterminds with people having extraordinary levels of success already and already there and above where I wanted to be. Again, we talked about this, the people you surround yourself with, it really makes a difference. And that's why I now run high end masterminds, because I know that often that's the missing key. That's the missing link, right? To have those eyes and ears on your business, but also that support and those conversations around money and what you're capable of. But the other thing I wanted to mention was that only a year ago, I decided that I would revisit my audio background, which I thought I was, I was moving away from because I felt very strongly, right, I've had this success in audio and I've worked in audio for a decade, but now I want to help people with their mindset. And it's only in the last year that I've kind of realized if this isn't me walking two different parts of my life. It's, it merges because what I realize is uh, right now, a crucial way to do that is through podcasting, but doing it strategically, not just rocking up and doing a show, but how does this actually work to one, increase your visibility, two, elevate your status and three, bring people into your business. 
and realizing that actually all those components, I was uniquely placed to do that because I've lectured on audio use around the world for years. Actually, and that's been amazing to kind of just go, okay, all right, I don't just have to talk about the audio side of it. I've suddenly, which comes second nature to me, but I've suddenly got a way to help people amplify their message, which actually means something to me. So when I talk about podcasting, it's not, I know all of the, the dull stuff about the technology, but actually for me, that is that ripple effect that it allows me. It allows me to have that sense of someone in a wheelchair who's feeling really stuck or someone who is considering not being here for much longer or someone who is having a relationship issue. Somehow through the content I provide, someone I have trained or someone I have mentored can reach those people. And that's really exciting. What I'm hearing, and I think it's something that gives a lot of hope as well, is that you found your values, obviously very grounded, you found your purpose, but at the same time, you were able to repurpose or put into the show all your background, which is something that clearly you, you loved anyway. So I think there's that underlying message of just because you've been doing X throughout your life and you did like it, the fact that you're choosing a new path doesn't mean that you have to let go of that. It's finding a way of how can I integrate those two things to make me that even more grounded person and be able to put that offering out there for the people to maximize it, which I think you know, is, is, is something brilliant to be able to do. And I wouldn't have seen that because three years ago, or three, nearly four years ago now, I felt very strongly, right, I've reached that, I've done that, and now I have to do this. And it's that wonderful moment of realizing it's all the same stuff. I was on the right path all along. And even looking back at me before I had children, before I became unwell, actually all I, all I wanted was to be on stages. I didn't necessarily want to do Shakespeare. I wanted to use my voice for good purpose. And actually the fact now I can sit in my airing cupboard and do that and have great conversations is really, you know, it's cool. Finding um, out what that stage looks like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I don't know, it's been, it's been a mental few years, to be honest. But for me, it starts with admitting to yourself that the life you're currently leading is not enough. And that can be hard and that can be painful. What are you no longer prepared to tolerate? And in your wildest imaginings, where could you be? in five years time or 10 years time. Often people can think in 10 years, but if it's 10 years time, well, what actually could you have done along that journey in five years time? So what happens in a year? So what happens in six months? So actually, what can you actually get off your backside and do now? And finding the new people. Mm, to support you and get there. So hearing all that, Anna, is there anything still for you to achieve? Is there anything that you still want to achieve? It's a, it, that's an interesting one, actually, because I have blown my own financial goals out of the park. And I was never money orientated either. That's what I want to say here. It was never a big thing for me. It, for me, it was initially about recognition and now it's about impact. But I can't have impact without the income. So my immediate goals in the future are massive, massive income goals so that my business is more of a I, instead of leading with a personal brand, I, it's much more of a company that I am leading the direction of. Um, my second book, Podcast with Impact, is coming out next month. So in the immediate, I want that to become a bestseller as well. 
But for now, I, I almost am at that point where I have to revisit my goals and ambitions because I've ticked so many of them off. <laughs> what a beautiful um, place to be. <laughs> well, I, I think, re- well, yeah, I think, I think really for us, it's the kids are at different ages now. My eldest is starting to look at colleges and things like that. And so where do we want to be when she's no longer living with us but the younger two are do we want to get that dream home now and she won't actually have lived in it for very long it's those it's those decisions because again for me my values are my family come first so whatever my dreams are I have to make sure that they fit with the family's dreams as well and I feel like we're in that situation where we're re-navigating the possibilities for us because mm-hmm. because we now have the finances that were just not even remotely on the table even a couple of years ago what a lovely position to be in, but you sound like you've done all the hard work. In we have, I have worked, I've, I've worked my socks off, but I jump out of bed every day, ready to go, absolutely yeah. ready to go. Amazing. So can you sum up in one sentence how you've made your life better? Deciding to. Amazing. That's the most succinct one we've ever had. <laughs> I'm actually going to clap to that. Normally, <laughs> <laughs> you say one sentence and the sentence goes on. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the time that you showed me. <laughs> now, that is beautiful. Thank you, Anna. It's It's been amazing. And I'm sure plenty of our listeners will be gagging to reach out to you. So tell us, where can we find you? So if you're an entrepreneur, come and listen to my podcast, Entrepreneurs Get Visible. And if you're not, go and read my book, Get Visible, because it starts with looking at what's going on for you inside. Why are you hiding away from that thing you're good at? Why are you doing that? I'll be getting the book, Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) All the two, Flirt, all the two. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Anna, so much. It's been a lovely conversation, so helpful helpful to us and I'm 100% helpful to our listeners so thank you to our listeners for joining us for one more week thanks for showing us your love and appreciation and please share the love share this podcast with anyone you think will benefit from it leave a comment and subscribe we look forward to seeing you next week and in the meantime stay well stay safe stay inspired much love